If you're in sales or own your own business, listen up. We all know the top reason businesses fail is because they can't find new customers. All you need is to reach the right audience. Sales Genie is the proven way to find, acquire, and retain customers. If you're serious about finding new customers, try Sales Genie's free 14-day trial. Call 866-561-1322 or go to www.salesgenie.com NFL. That's 866-561-1322 or go to www.salesgenie.com NFL. Football podcast on the Ringer NFL show on the Ringer Podcast Network. My name is Danny Heifetz, and I am joined as always by my co host and my co Danny, the hero we need and the analyst we deserve, the Dark Knight himself, Danny Kelly. <laughs> How are you doing, DK? <laughs> that was borderline anger I felt there. Um, I'm doing really, really well. Uh, surviving the snow apocalypse in Seattle area this past week. I forgot um, about snow. That, pretty good, yeah. I forgot snow existed. <laughs> it hardly ever snows here, so it's kind of a big deal when it does. Craig, how you doing? When was the last time you were in snow, Craig? Oh, gosh. A long time ago. I can't remember the last time I was in snow. But I wanted to say before you asked me that, that uh, we have pretty nice microphones here at The Ringer. Electro voices. They're nice. They're really good quality. And you still manage to peek on them when you yell. Oh, nice. (laughs) Nice. Never peek, though. That's a life thing. That's that's the best advice I'll ever give on this podcast. Never peek. You've been currently peeking this whole season. (laughs) Well, no. Always peeking, actually. That's really the key is always peek. Always peek. Always peek. So we're going to peek this week? Sure. Is that the goal? Actually, (laughs) <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna do some little we're gonna change things up this week. A big wrench is getting tossed in this pod. Today. A lot of wrenches. I've never seen a wrench tossed in real life, but we're gonna toss some wrenches. Remember that scene in Dodgeball where they throw the wrench and hit the oh, guy in yeah. the head? <laughs> yeah. That was a good toss. That's the best wrench toss I've ever seen. Good throw. All right, so we're we are gonna run through a bunch of players we like in their matchups this week, and we're still gonna do our Fanduel lineup of the week breakdown at the end. But we're gonna we're gonna do like all the categories for each game. Mm-hmm. And then Craig has a competition. You want to explain this? Because me and DK, you know, obviously we are 100% sure of how this works. But yeah. for the listeners, you know, Absolutely. may not know. DK and Heifetz are going to act as salesmen and they're going to sell me players. And I'm going to, for our FanDuel lineup, and I'm going to decide who had the more compelling argument and build our lineup as we go based on really whatever I want. But we'll see. <laughs> so we are the sales genies. You, you are the sales say. genies, yes. Well. Your priors are not going to be in- involved in here at all, no. Craig, or what? No vendettas, no biases, nothing. <laughs> what happens if like I stole the leads like Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross? I've style? never seen that movie. It's um there's a lot of yelling. It's really just the YouTube the scene and you saw the movie. It's fine. Yeah, I've it's only great. seen that scene. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen anything else. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't actually know what happens at the end of it or anything. I assume <laughs> that they just use the steak knives and he drives off in the Cadillac or whatever. Well, there's no great. games next week. We could all get together and screen Glenn Gary Glenn Ross. We could Ross. do a oh, there we Glenn go. Gary Glenn Ross rewatchables next week on, on the Danacy pod and we just won't tell anybody. <laughs> we just won't tell anybody. It'll be great. Yeah, it went from Quentin Tarantino to us four doing Glenn Gary Glenn Ross. Us three. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Okay, let's get into this. All right, so Sunday yeah, the Saturday football's over, thank God. Um, Titans are playing the Chiefs <laughs> on Sunday, 3 o'clock Eastern, 3 or 5 technically. Packers are playing the 49ers, 6.40 p.m. Eastern Sunday. So we're going to start with the earlier game. Titans-Chiefs, 
DK, yeah. who are you going big on in Titans? Tell me, DK, who do you like? All right, Craig. Uh, this guy, you've probably heard of him. Patrick Mahomes, <laughs> Kansas City Chiefs quarterback. 9,500. He is the second most expensive player on this docket, on the whole slate. And I'm just going to tell you, we saw what he can do when he's at his best, when he's at his peak. He scored 38.1 points, 23 of 35, or 321 yards, five touchdowns, 28 points in the second quarter alone. He turned into a buzzsaw, turned into the guy that we all knew he could be. And Craig, ask yourself this of anyone left in the playoffs right now, who like who has the highest chance of just absolutely going scorched earth on an opponent? And to me, it's Mahomes, absolutely. Um, I think he has the best chance of just absolutely going off this week. Last time he faced Tennessee, he tossed he threw 50 passes, 446 yards, and three touchdowns. So, anyways, I'm going big on Mahomes. I think he's gonna have a big game. I think they're gonna unleash him. And I think because Tennessee's a good team, I think they're gonna have to kind of put the pedal to the metal, and I like I like Mahomes a lot this week. Good argument. A couple follow-ups. Sure. Do you think that the Titans' pace of play is going to just limit the amount of passes Patrick Mahomes can throw in this game? Well, it could, but at the same time, I mean, like I said, he threw 50 passes last time these two teams played, so it's not necessarily a huge, huge worry for me. I think it is something that you have to take into account, like if Derrick Henry just grinds the clock down. Mm. Um, but I think that with the way that I'm picturing Mahomes playing and Kansas City scoring points in this game that the Titans aren't necessarily going to be able to do that as much as they want to. Well, so the the Chiefs are not going to have the ball as much. These teams played in Week 10. They're not going to have the ball as much as they did in that game. The Chiefs actually had the ball for 38 minutes, which is the the second most time an Andy Reid team has ever had the ball and lost. It was actually kind of crazy, the sequence of events that led to them losing that game. (laughs) But it was also really weird. It was Mahomes' first game back from the dislocated knee. Or kneecap, and um, it was crazy because they were shredding them, and really Tyreek Hill shred them in this game. I'm I'm kind of going with Tyreek Hill here, but by extension, I also do believe in Mahomes. So I guess this is a bad start to your segment because I'm endorsing <laughs> the competition here. I agree with DK and Mahomes, but I think that Tyreek Hill is the key to the game actually because in that Titans game, they Mahomes targeted Tyreek Hill 19 times, like that's the second most any player has had in a game this year, and yeah. it's actually the most any player on an Andy Reid team has been targeted in a game since Terrell Owens in 2005. So like Andy Reid basically looked at this Titans uh, Chiefs game in week 10 and was like, I like this Tyree Kill matchup more than any game I've seen in my 21 seasons and 363 games or whatever. So it was wild because they were, the Titans were playing off of Tyree Kill because he's so fast, but it didn't work. And they weren't really pressing him at the line of scrimmage or playing man coverage. So they were doing like a lot of zone and he was just sitting in the zones and sitting in the soft spots and shredding them. And then they switched to man and it was kind of easier, but they can't really play man this week because the Texans tried that last week. And that's when Mahomes started running because in man coverage, the cornerbacks have to like turn their backs and Mahomes just started running. So the Titans are kind of screwed here, no matter what they do. Um, I think that uh, their safety, Kevin Biard, I apologize. I can't. I can Byard. Never, Byard. I can never pronounce <laughs> Byard. I'm sorry, Kevin. Um, I don't actually know if that's it, but I think that's it. Well, it's all right. Let's just call him Kevin. I think that Kevin's going to do pretty good on (laughs) Travis Kelsey one-on-one. I'm a little more skeptical about like a Dory Jackson, whoever's going to be on Tyree Kill one-on-one. And I think that Mahomes actually gets a lot of rushing if they go man coverage. And if it's zone, I think Tyree Kill has like 150 yards again. So you don't think if the Titans were to shell out to try and stop one single person in this game, who is it? Is it Travis Kelsey? 
Because the Titans have notoriously given up like the third most points to fantasy tight ends all year. Yeah. I think it is Kelsey. That's the thing is I think it is Kelsey. And that's why Hill goes off. And I think that the, that's kind of what they did in week 10. I don't know what they're going to do, but they the choice they have is like, are you going to play man coverage and just press up on Kelsey and Tyree Kill? And like, you're probably going to give up a big play, but you're just going to have to live and die with it. And you're going to try to raise the degree of difficulty of a given play. Or are you going to play zone and just let Travis Kelsey and Tyree Kill kind of get free releases off the line of scrimmage? That didn't work. They kind of have to go to man. Compelling arguments from both of you. I'm going to go with Patrick Mahomes, DK's pick. Yeah, I, w- I would too. It's, yeah, it's, <laughs> I'm going to just concede that one off the... He gets a, it's, a, it's a handicap. I'm giving him a stroke. DH, this is actually a good segue into our next one, though. Yeah, so the flip side of this, someone who's expensive who we don't want in this game, it's kind of che- we're, we're, we're cheating here. There's no one expensive that we're like out on because the only right. expensive players in this game are Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Tyree Kill, and Derrick Henry. We're not out on those guys, but I think there's two questions. DK, would you rather have Hill or Kelsey in this game? And by extension, which one do you not want? Yeah, so again, like you said, the framing is like, who are you going to choose rather than who do you not like? I think I like Kelsey a little bit more in this game. Like Craig alluded to it, you know, the the Titans have given up a lot of points to tight ends this year. I think it's the fourth most this season um, in half PPR. And so I like that matchup, first of all. And then the other thing that we kind of saw last week was when when Mahomes goes off – schedule and kind of like out of the scheme or whatever he always likes to look to Kelsey and Kelsey's kind of that underneath intermediate guy that he he really likes to hit um that absurd play that he made last week where he kind of like was running to his left almost ran out of bounds and then just dumped it off to Kelsey you know these are the types of plays I think that always happen in the playoffs and I think Mahomes um has a good chance to do stuff like that again I think he's gonna be looking for Kelsey so um long story short you know it's it's who do you pick in a game like this? Because both players are so, so good. Um, but I'm just leaning. It's almost like more like a gut thing for me. I'm leaning Kelsey in this one. Yeah, I'm not sure what the I think it depends on how the Titans pick, which poison the Titans pick, because that's kind of what the Chiefs right. do. Is like, do you want to, who are you going to like throw stuff against? Is it Kelsey or Hill? And the other person's going to really hurt you. And then um, I don't know which the Titans pick, but I think that it's more likely that they're like, we're not going to roll with Kelsey. Like we want to, Make sure Kelsey doesn't beat us, but we'll see. So, who's the other big expensive guy that you're thinking about? Uh, what's, well, what's his Henry, name? Derrick Henry. Henry. That's the one. Oh, the the running yeah, back yeah, yeah, from yeah. Uh, you know what's his? Yeah, Derrick Henry. <laughs> he had a really good high school career. I heard. Yeah, yeah. he's a Alabama guy. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. So he's 9,800 this week. Um, I wrote about him this week. You know, just what he's done, and Roger wrote about him at TheRinger.com. There's some really good stuff up there about Derrick Henry about the whole the whole playoffs, but. What Henry has been doing is just absolutely insane. Like, he has 377 yards on 64 carries, 180-plus yards in both games, which has never happened before. Um, so I guess the question I would ask is, do you think that can, ha- can lightning strike a third time? Do you think Henry is going to just go off again? I'm going to flip this back and you and ask you a question. Yeah. So you mentioned he has 180 yards three games in a row, which has never happened before. Yeah. Why is this happening? Why are they doing it this no, way? No, why does Derrick Henry have all these yards? I know this is kind of a silly question, but I'm serious. Like, why does Derrick Henry, why has he done this? <laughs> well, number one, he has, they've really made him the focal point of the offense. Like, like the Patriots decided to take away the pass. And so the, the Titans were like, okay, we'll just lean on Henry. And in that game, because the Titans, or because the Patriots don't have a good offense, the Titans were able to do that. So they were just happy to lean on Henry. Um, if you go back into the regular season, 
Tannehill was throwing a hell of a lot more. It was a much more balanced offense. They were very explosive in the passing game. In the last couple of games, in that Ravens game, I mean, you saw it was just such a weird game, the way that it all went down. Um, the Titans never really needed to turn to their passing game a lot because they got a big early lead based on a few like sort of fluky plays. And so all that combined, I think, was why he was able to go off. Obviously, he's a very good player. Um, you know, has that home run hitting ability and that like he had a 66 yard run. He he threw a touchdown. So, you know, there's just there's a lot of variables at play. My sort of gut in this one, and I'm not saying he's not gonna have a good game, but my sort of gut is that the the Titans are gonna have to pass a little bit more. I thought that last week too, to be honest. I thought that the Titans were gonna have to unleash things against the Ravens a little bit more because that Ravens offense is so good, but the Ravens just kind of collapsed and there were so many different weird variables in that game. Well, we're thinking that the Ravens were going to take a 14-0 lead at some point, and then the Ravens had a 14-0 deficit, which completely right, changed exactly. everything, and they had never been down that much the whole season. So in this game, I'm kind of going in it with the same opinion, honestly, that I think the Titans are going to have to unleash their offense, a little, unleash their passing offense a little bit more because I think that the Chiefs are just a buzzsaw right now um, offensively. So, you know, Lightning could strike again, and it could be a weird-ass game. And You know, you could see the Chiefs fall down, uh, fall behind early in the game like they did against the Texans. That could happen for sure, and that could change the whole dynamic of the game. But I think it's more likely that it's going to be a bit of a shootout-type game. But even if Henry doesn't have 180 yards, are you actually making DFS lineups this week without Derrick Henry? <laughs> That's not something I'm going to, like, advise you to do, no. I'm not, okay. not going to advise you to, to sit Derrick Henry. And for the record, defensive uh, defensive lineman Chris Jones for the Kansas City Chiefs. He didn't practice Wednesday. We're recording Thursday afternoon. Um, not sure what happened today. Obviously, he's worth monitoring if he's going to play. Uh, but you mentioned Tannehill's going to pass more. So, I mean, I believe Tannehill's either the cheapest, or I guess he's the se- the third most expensive quarterback, but he's basically the same price as Jimmy Garoppolo. So He's at $100 more. Yeah, so do you like Tannehill this week by extension of that? Yeah, and, and I put him as my contrarian play this week. Um, and Is it because he has 150 passing yards in the last two weeks combined? He literally has, he's literally passed for fewer than 100 yards in both playoff games, which is just nice. crazy to think this about. This is going to take a big nice. sell out of you, DK. Let's hear it. That has not happened. I'm, I'm going to first get, lay it out. That No team has won two playoff games with fewer than 100 passing yards since 1988. So they're taking football back to the old school. That said, for all the reasons we kind of just been talking about, I believe it's going to be a higher scoring game. I think the Chiefs offense is going to be um, a bigger threat to the Titans that they're going to have to kind of unleash Tannehill a little bit in this game. And we've seen him do that in the past. We've seen him kind of just absolutely pick apart defenses in play action, which is their absolute bread and butter. Um, So... To be honest, I think that it's going to be a different type of game script for the Titans this week. I think it's still going to go, they're going to focus their their offense around Henry, but I think uh, Tannehill is definitely going to have to do more in this game. Going back to the regular season from week seven on, Tannehill was the QB three in scoring in half PPR, 22.5 points per game. So he has it in him, absolutely has it in him to be a high scorer in this game. I think he also has the, Additional upside as a rusher because he's, you know, he got a rushing touchdown on an option play last week. Um, so that's another kind of nice little floor that you can get with Tannehill. And it's it's funny to call this a contrarian because there's only four quarterbacks. But I think of all the people that you're looking at, 
Tannehill doesn't really stand out just because he's been such a like a secondary part of their op- offense the last couple of weeks, but I, I think that might change this week. Hi, Fitz. Sell me on your contrarian. My contrarian? Oh, is that a voice crack? Wow. Those mics picked that up. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, if I was peaking before, is that the valley? <laughs> oh, no. All right. So I'm going, we're just going to just roll through. I'm going Johnu Smith, mm. tight end. Okay. Tennessee Titans. Interesting. It's contrarian because the other three Titans, the other three tight ends, oh, Titans, wow, I just figured that one out. We'll use that again, that mm-hmm. little wordplay. <laughs> but the three other tight ends in this round, mm-hmm. you have Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, and Jimmy Graham. And Johnny Smith is $100 more expensive, $300, excuse me, more expensive than Jimmy Graham. So you basically have three guys who, along with Rob Gronkowski, are on the Mount Rushmore of tight ends for the last 10 years. <laughs> yeah. And then you have Tennessee's t- Johnny Smith, who basically is like, the one butt cheek equals two legs thing. Like, that's how most people probably <laughs> learned who Jonu Smith was. Was Wow, I didn't know your butt, like, half your butt's two feet. And, like, I mean, that's, I'm not, like, a scientist, but I don't know if that checks out. But, oh, wow, butt, get it? Because of the butt. Not, anyway. not your best segue. So. Not my best segue. But, so, basically, Jonu <laughs> Smith is really athletic, and I know every tight end is like, oh, like, they're all athletic. Jonu Smith is, like, amazing. Like, he had to play against the Texans in the regular season that— he it was one of the fastest plays of any player in the NFL, like by the tracking metrics. I don't know who on the Chiefs is going to guard him. Like Anthony Hitchens is one of their linebackers. I don't really actually understand, like matchup wise, who's going to be able to like keep track of John Smith in the red zone where Tannehill's been looking for him. Like in December, he's under the radar right now because he hasn't had great games. But that's because the Titans haven't been passing as much. I think there's a chance that he has a touchdown or two, and that it, obviously when there's so few options in these things, you want to cut against the grain somewhere. I think if the Titans are going to be passing more, I think he's actually one of their better matchups than not necessarily A.J. Brown, not necessarily Corey Davis. Derrick Henry is going to be on the field, so Deion Lewis isn't going to be, like, you know, catching passes. I just think John Smith is a chance that he's their best mismatch for the Chiefs defense in the red zone. And I think that if he catches a couple touchdowns and you have him in your lineup, no one else is going to have him in their lineup. So I kind of... I like Smith, actually, to, to like, get a lot of red zone looks in this game. Smith also had a, had a touchdown last week against Baltimore. I like it. I'm going to go with Smith. I'm going to add one bit to that, Danny, to kind of— this is cannibalizing my answer a little bit. But nice, nice, nice. The other thing that's interesting, I think, about this is the Chiefs' defense has been very, very good against receivers this season. Um, they actually have given up the second-fewest points um, in fantasy to posing receivers in, in this season. So— it could be that they do end up funneling a lot of their targets to the tight end position. So I kind of like that one a lot. All right. So if the Chiefs don't give up that many points to receivers, how do you feel about AJ Brown in this game? Because obviously AJ Brown was on a tear in the end of the regular season, and then the Titans yeah. haven't been passing. So what happens in this game if they're going to pass more, but the Chiefs are good against pass defense against receivers? I think that Brown sort of fits into the contrarian play category a little bit because, like I said, the the Chiefs are very very good against opposing receivers this year um, per fantasy stats and. We don't exactly know what the the Titans are going to do in terms of their offensive, um, you know, like strategy. Are they going to air it out or not? I like Brown a lot. You can even stack him with Tannehill if you're kind of going the contrarian route because if they do end up passing a lot, I still think Brown has a lot of potential. He is the third most expensive receiver on this slate, so 6,800. But we saw him, what he can do. He's not your normal receiver. He's huge. He's very, very physical. He can take a, you know, a play-action pass to the house. He's very good after the catch, so... He's not your standard sort of PPR type receiver where he's going to rack up a lot of you know targets. He's more of just like a big play guy, and so 
I do kind of like him this week if they do end up going that pass-heavy route. However, it is a little bit contrarian, so I'll just say that. I think it's a good stack if you're trying to kind of go against the grain. Okay, so last, so this is the tiebreaker. This, this is this is for the, for all the marbles for this game. I mean, we're doing a lineup for both games. All right, fine. <laughs> Bargain bin play of the week, DK. Who's Titans chief? Someone on the lo, like lower end of the radar? You think could have a big game? All right, I'm going to go with Michael Hardman this week of the Chiefs. Forty nine hundred. He's very very cheap, and there's a reason for that. He doesn't get very many targets. However, he is an absolute big play waiting to happen. Um, rare rare speed. I mean, it, it's incredible. He's actually it's like. Not very many people on the field can get even close to how fast Tyree Kill is, but Miguel Hardman, I think, gives him a run for his money. He's just got, like, explosive, explosive acceleration. Um, in addition, last week, Demarcus Robinson had, like, several drops, eight drops. I don't know how many drops he had. Maybe the Chiefs will kind of go away from him a little bit, make Hardman a bigger part of their passing offense this week. We'll see. It's definitely sort of a dart throw, but in terms of, Guys, you know, at that price range, that could certainly score a touchdown. I would not be surprised at all if they score a touchdown. Hardman is up there for me. And he had so, a long touchdown in that Titans game where he just broke away from everyone. Is on it. Well, it was also like Mahomes made a jump pass. It was crazy. Like he, like the rush was closing in from behind. He couldn't step up in the pocket, so he just jumped up in the air to buy a half second. Oh and yeah, and then threw to Hardman, and then crazy. Hardman just there were like three defenders closing on him, and then he just like hit the nitrous, and then just were past them before they even. It was actually like wild. Like yeah. the, the whole like extra gear thing is like a cliche, but that there are like seven people in the NFL who actually have an extra the gear. Chiefs are and just the Chiefs the, have two of them. The Chiefs are just like the fastest team of all time, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I, they're, that's a really interesting question, but they're probably right up there. I mean, Kelsey for tight ends has got to be close. And then Tyreek is the, probably the fastest player ever. And then McCall Hardman's like top 10. It's like Steph and Clay for shooting. <laughs> I, I don't know about Tyreek being the fastest player ever, but the Steph Clay thing is actually a really good point because. I mean, the whole Chiefs offense is so cool because the Mahomes is Mahomes being in the MVP and being this good isn't like a given. It's they got the guy with the best arm talent and the biggest arm, put him around the fastest players in the league, and then yeah. have their coach, Andy Reid, who understands how to use space and like spreads the ball around better than anyone. So it's like everyone's maximizing each other. Like the speed and Mahomes' talent and Andy Reid as a coach are all just like the perfect recipe for this offense. And that's kind of why it's so good. It's not like an accident. Hi, Fitz. Who's your guy? I'm rolling with. <sighs> If we're rolling with the Tannehill is going to pass more in this game, which I do think because I think that unlike last week, the Chiefs will get the lead this week. I think Tajay Sharp is like a decent dart throw because he's he's like does a lot of stuff in the slot for them. Hasn't been playing that much, but if they're going to be playing more, I think that he's the person who could get like a deep shot downfield or just be picking up a lot more passes. Like I know Khalif Raymond had like that big play last week against the Ravens. He actually also had a big play against the, the Chiefs in that Week 10 game. I kind of think that's the reason he will not get one again. Like he actually, I think he like more than doubled his career receiving yards on that play against the Titans. Yeah, and uh, Tajay Sharp is Chiefs. only a passing down player, and that's why he hasn't been playing. So much. that's that's the issue is the Titans have like gone gone so run heavy. But that's also the reason I think everyone's forgotten his name completely. And I think that when so many of the stars in a week like I mean, if you're trying to win a contest and not, you know what I mean? Every like everyone's got some combo of Derrick Henry and Mahomes and people. The one person that can kind of win you the thing is if the random tar- Tajay Sharp gets it to you. And I think that if the Titans are passing more and suddenly there's this guy that we completely forgot about on gets 45 or 50 snaps instead of like 10, that could be the difference. I'm going to be a real sharp, a real betting sharp here. I'm going to go with Tajay Sharp. Wow. You know, he's a little <laughs> cheaper out. than Hardman. 
I like Heifetz's argument. I feel like we're going to end up having to fill in bigger guys later. I like how cheap he is. I'm going with him. Wow. Sorry, Nicole. Ooh, DK. Sorry, DK. I'm, two, I'm up 2-1 right now. Wow. No one's ever lost a 2-1 lead. <laughs> All right, before we move on, let's take a quick break. Do you have enough life insurance? It's this thing we all know we need, but keep putting off because it sounds like a pain to deal with. Ladder has made getting life insurance easy. All you need to do is answer a few quick questions online to get a personalized quote. If you qualify, they'll cover you with the click of a button. No salespeople, no paperwork, no waiting period. Just the feeling of doing something right for your family. One of their customers even got a policy in the security line at the airport. Ladder has great prices and rave reviews. $1 million policies start at just $27 a month. Ladder will help you figure out exactly the coverage you need and even let you adjust it over time so you never end up paying more than you should. Take care of your home team and visit ladderlife.com slash NFL. That's L-A-D-D-E-R life.com slash NFL. Ladder Life term policies are issued by Fidelity Security Life Insurance Company in Kansas City, Missouri. Not available in New York. And while we're here, let's talk about FanDuel. 2020 is finally here, and the new year brings the best events in sports. NFL Conference Championship Sunday is coming up, and the NBA is getting into full swing. And if you're as excited as we are about the best sports month of the year, then you'll want to make sure you enjoy all of the action on FanDuel Sportsbook. FanDuel Sportsbook is America's number one online sportsbook for a reason. They've got all the bets you could want. They've got a great, easy-to-use app, new promotions every day, and once you win, they get your cash fast. And if you've been holding out on trying FanDuel Sportsbook, then now is the time, because right now, FanDuel Sportsbook is giving new users their first bet risk-free. That means you can place any bet within seven days of signing up, and FanDuel Sportsbook will refund you up to 500 bucks in site credit if you don't win. If you guys uh, throw out a bet, you can get a refund on. What are you trying to? What are you trying to put money on this weekend? If I can get a refund, I'm definitely going to go NBA because I've been watching no NBA, mm. and I'd like to just throw something out there, wet my beak a little bit. Oh, you're trying to wet the beak? <laughs> trying to wet the beak? You, you could you could try to like do player props on the on the Warriors sure. and see like how many players you know, and just I don't even know. Yeah. That's a game in its, of itself. Just bet how many players you can name that will get in the game. Is that a prop? We can make it one. We can <laughs> ask. Let's do it. Beautiful. When was the last time your bookie gave you a do-over? Didn't think so. We'd probably need to do-over. I'm trying to name the Warriors. Uh, over under four and a half. To claim your risk-free first bet, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app from the iOS app store or visit fanduel.com slash Android and be sure to use promo code RINGERNFL so they know we sent you. That's promo code RINGERNFL. R-I-N-G-E-R-N-F-L to get your first bet risk-free on FanDuel Sportsbook. You must be 21 years old or older, present in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, or Indiana. The site credit is non-withdrawable and expires 14 days after receipt. Terms and restrictions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or, in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net or in Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Packers at 49ers. DK, who's someone you think is a very obvious candidate to have a big game in this game, but also will, in fact, have a big game? <laughs> Thank you for saying that. We got some money way. to spend here, DK. So, you know, really show out. So I'm going with George Kittle. He is just a freaking beast, and I love the dude. Seven grand um, going up against the Packers. He was 
uh, out of practice on Wednesday with an ankle injury, but the dude is Wolverine. He's back to practicing full on Thursday. In the words of my buddy Kyle Posey from Niners Nation, Kittle will play and look like Kittle. Um, he's a monster. Last time the two team, these two teams played, he had six catches, 129 yards, and a touchdown. Um, he's a threat. Honestly, he's a threat to score every time he touched it. He's just so good after the catch, just so physical. I think he's going to be a focal point of their passing offense. And yeah, I just love Kittle. I think he's he's just the hardest, one of the hardest players to tackle in the NFL right now. And he's just, you know, he, he's like their he's their spirit animal for that whole offense. So I think they're going to feed feed Kittle, and he's going to go off. Kittle is an excellent, perhaps elite fantasy player, but he's a better real life player than fantasy. And I think that the Niners' ideal game plan does not involve funneling the ball to George Kittle. They want to run, where he's also an excellent run blocker. I actually think if you're going to shell out for a tight end this week, I'd rather get Travis Kelsey because the Chiefs do want to get Travis Kelsey the ball a ton. Like George Kittle can have five catches in this game for like 85 yards. Maybe a touchdown, maybe not. And the Niners still like can win 40 nothing. I don't really I think if you're gonna spend that much on a tight end, I'd rather have Kelsey. The person I was told that we weren't gonna be having like an active debate where you shit all over my answers, Danny. This is just this oh, is changing just, the whole format. Oh, I'm I was just giving my thoughts. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just I'm just messing with you. Um, the person if you're gonna shell out for someone in this game, the person I I, I think is worth it is Devontae Adams. Um he's <laughs> God damn. What? What is that? Damn, man. No, this is, I was just telling Craig before the show, I'm like, I don't want to debate Danny because he's just going to like, he's just going to, he's like a very, very good arguer. And this is exactly you what see you You see my doing. cousin so, Vinny, it's like, my family was an arguer. My family's unofficial lawyers. I've been doing this forever. <laughs> it's just a bit. All these bricks made of playing cards. He's got to hold it at the right angle. <laughs> anyway anyways continue I, i'm just messing with you but continue go go tout your adams pick so do you remember earlier when i said tyree kill had 19 targets against the titans in week 10 that was the second most any player had all season the most targets any player had all season was julio jones had 20 targets against the san francisco 49ers and part of that is because as good as the Jeez. Niners defense is yeah 20 targets that's that's a lot of targets um as good as the Niners defense is and as good as Richard Sherman is, they're not like, well, we're going to shut down your best receiver. Sherman isn't like shadowing anyone. It's more about they're going to just suffocate your offense. But the Niners, like number one receivers from fantasy perspective, have done pretty well against that because everything else kind of withers and dies. But they're not like going to focus on like, well, we have to stop Devontae Adams. And Adams is playing so much better than he was when they played, uh, the Niners and Packers played in week 12. I mean, he's also just much healthier. He's back from the toe, turf toe injury. Aaron Rodgers said last week that he feels that he has the mind meld with Devontae at this point that he had with Jordy Nelson. He said it was stronger than the one he had with Jordy Nelson. And obviously, Rodgers' connection with Jordy Nelson was, I mean, one of the most amazing things to watch for years was how they just could, without speaking, I mean, Rodgers said it was unspoken, but they could just, Jordy could just, turn on a route and like in a way that isn't planned, but he just knew he was going to do and they put it on his back shoulder. That is what Devontae has right now. He's the only receiver they have, really. The Packers are a weird team because they have Devontae, who's a legit top five receiver. And then they have like four guys who are like number four receivers who just fill in behind them. I think those guys are going to be the ones that really just do nothing. And they're actually going to get the Devontae the ball like 16 targets in this game. Um, they've been relying on him so much. I mean, he... I think he had he tied the Packers franchise record for catches in week 16, which was um that was against the Vikings. Like I just think that 
they're going to be targeting him like they did in the Week 12 game. The Niners were kind of, the Packers are going after Akella Witherspoon, who's one of the Niners cornerbacks who's kind of given up a lot of plays. He's probably going to get benched, but they're still going to try to get Adams onto Emmanuel Mosley, get him away from Richard Sherman because Richard Sherman plays one side of the field. They can put Adams in the slot. They can put him where they can put him wherever they feel to get wherever they want to get whatever matchup. And I think I, I think George Kittle might have five catches. I think Devontae Adams could have fifteen. Well, Heifetz, like Rodgers and Jordy, I have the mind meld with you on this round because wow. I'm going to go with Devontae Adams. Now, <laughs> penciling him in. 3-1. No one's ever blown a 3-1 lead. Uh, who are we going with for, uh, who are we not going with, I should say, and going home on, DK? Yeah, I'm going with Aaron Rodgers. D- despite everything that Danny just said, uh, the Seahawks defense and the Vikings defense uh, is not like the 49ers defense. Uh, the 49ers, or sorry, the Packers absolutely just picked apart the Seahawks last week. Um, That was somewhat predictable considering the Seahawks secondary is not good. They've made no adjustments. They have no pass rush. 49ers have all those things. They have a very, very good pass rush. I think that's going to affect Rodgers a lot in this game. Um, He is the fourth most expensive player on this slate. And that just feels really high to me. I just think of all the, of all the quarterbacks on this slate, he's the guy that I'm absolutely staying away from. Um, The last time these two teams met, he had nine points. (laughs) <laughs> in FanDuel scoring, 20 of twenty of 33 for 203 yards and a touchdown. Uh, you might want to remember that when you're picking a Devontae Adams, though, Craig. So, um, yeah, I just think they're going to see what, you know, they're going to see what the, the 40 or what the Packers did to Seahawks last week. They're going to adjust to it. I think Rodgers is going to struggle against a very, very, very good defense this week. DK is a little salty there. Mm. But the I'm not disagreeing. I also don't like Rodgers nearly as much as Mahomes or people. But I, on that note, Statistically, their game, the Packers 49ers game, was statistically the worst game of Aaron Rodgers' career. Among, like, <laughs> was it? I mean, yeah. if you take out the ones where he, like, they benched him for Matt Flynn or, like, he got hurt, that was like, I mean, he had three something yards per attempt. It was his lowest ever. It was like the second lowest yards he had in the game. But, like, also he had like 40 air yards in the game, but 60 yards after the catch. So his 104 passing yards, actually like way more than half of it was after his longest completion was like 15 yards. But that pass was like a screen to Jamal Williams, five yards behind the line of scrimmage that Jamal Williams then ran 20 yards for a 15 yard gain. It was like they got nothing going downfield. But I think that could be a little different this time, because as crazy as this is to say, the 37 to eight Niners win was kind of closer than you'd think. Because it was like 13 nothing at the two-minute warning. And Rodgers was like a few inches off like three different passes that would have put them like in the goal line. Like two were to Devontae Adams. One was to Jimmy Graham. It's like they were really close to making it 13-7 or 13-3 at halftime. And then the Niners added 10 points in like the final 70 seconds to make it 23-0. And then, you know, the Niners, if it's 23 nothing at halftime, it's over. But 13-3, 13-7's not. Um, so weirdly, statistically, it was the worst game of his career, but... If you just watch the game, it's like, well, there was a lot of pass pressure. Their right tackle, Brian Balaga, got hurt like nine steps into the game. And then they had a second-year undrafted guy go in to replace him. I'm worried about, like, the Niners collapsing the interior of that pocket because I think uh, Eric Armstead and DeForest Buckner are amazing. Mm -hmm. But I also think Rodgers could do way better than he did in that game. But way better could be doubling or tripling it and still not actually be worth fantasy playing it. (laughs) So I think both are true. Who else are you going home on? Uh, Tevin Coleman, man. I know that we were confused last week. We he, were like, confused. Explain Everybody that. was confused. Everyone's confused. You, yeah. Well, it was like out of nowhere. So Tevin Coleman went from like just getting benched and ghosted all his fantasy owners in December to 
getting like most of the carries in this game last week against so the you're Vikings. You're saying I should not have Tevin Coleman in our lineup this week. So Tevin Coleman had 22 carries last week, which was the most of his career. Wow. Which is crazy. <laughs> but yeah. Kyle Shannon explained himself. Uh, he said last week, quote, I mean, we gave Matt Breida the first carry. We thought of Raheem, talking about Raheem Mostert. We thought Raheem and Tevin would get the bulk of them. But with Raheem probably getting more like it has been the last few weeks, then Raheem's calf cramped up a little bit. So he missed the series. And Tevin did really good on that series. Really good. So we kept him in for another series and he did really well. And then by the time the third one came, there was no point to put Raheem back in with his calf cramping. So Tevin ended up banging up his elbow a little bit. So we put Brita in. But no, it just worked out that way. The hot hand. The hot hand. It seems unlikely with the combination of Raheem Ostert's like calf. I mean, he's a cramp, so you would hope that he's going to be in good shape for this game, this home game. And if he's back, Tevin Coleman, he's the third most, or sorry, the fourth most expensive running back. So you've got like Derrick Henry at number one. Then you've got like Aaron Jones and Damian Williams. And then you've got like Tevin Coleman right there as if he's like a bell cow guy when he's like, maybe has like, he doesn't even... He's not even a good candidate to get the most carries in this game because Mostert's back. It doesn't sound like Coleman would have gotten those 22 carries if Mostert was in. It sounds like he was just doing so well that they basically just, instead of splitting it like a third, 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 they gave Mostert's third of the carries to Tevin Coleman. So I don't think that he's going to get that this week, and it's not worth shelling out for him. You can save $700 and just get Mostert, who's probably going to have a better game. All right, so who are you more repulsed by right now, Craig? Aaron Rodgers or Tevin Coleman? Uh, Tevin Coleman, I... Could see a scenario in which, I don't know, going against Rodgers is always a just a gutsy call to playoffs. You know how I like the vets, you know? You love the vets. <laughs> veteran. Steely veteran. The three-headed running back thing is always scary, but I trust you, and we're going to get to Mostert later, I think. I love Mostert in this game, and I would, calf I would, cramping last week is obviously a deterrent, but— The game we always play of, like, you wake up the next morning, what do you feel more dumb about? It's, yeah. it's, it's like sitting the bargain Rodgers and being like, wow, really? Perhaps still the best quarterback, like of these four teams. Like I sat him, and he was the third cheapest quarterback. But I'm not going to be upset with myself if Coleman gets another record-setting carry day. Yeah, for if, him. if Coleman gets three, like if you play Tevin Coleman this week and he gets five carries, you'll be like, oh yeah, that was yes. probably foreseeable. Yeah, I'm willing to bet on Raheem Mostert again because he's been so good. He's he's just kind of changed. He's he is doing most of what the Niners want. Also, I think the Niners are playing Tevin Coleman a lot because he was a mismatch in the Vikings kind of three linebackers on the field. The Packers are less likely to do that as often as the as the Vikings did. Uh, I think Mostert's going to be a great one for this week. So I don't and know yeah. if that quite qualifies as contrarian, but that's my contrarian for this game, is that Mostert's going to be better, like outright outscore Tevin Coleman for cheaper. Well, that was the one contrarian DK had as well. So we're penciling. <laughs> you, just, you just outright stole my contrarian That's play, fine, though. So. We're going to give that point to DK <laughs> because he picked him, and we're going <laughs> to pencil in Raheem Mostert to the lineup. But, Zyphus, <laughs> your other guy, you just got too caught up in it. That's what I love about I you. Just, I just— You <laughs> love the fucking game. You know what I mean? So much. <laughs> You got tunnel vision. You got the love of the game clause in my contract. <laughs> you, actually. you totally do. I just, I actually know I have there. that written. It's yeah. like I can just rant at people on the street. Like if I want to yell at someone about football, <laughs> we, I can just rant at them on the street. I've seen you doing that in a sweet green. It was alarming. Yeah, no, it's was crazy. The, was the sir, this is an Arby's invented because of you, Danny? The what? It's sir, this is a Wendy's. <laughs> oh, Wendy's. Did you just Arby's. confuse <laughs> the sir, this is a Wendy's meme with the nihilist Arby's Twitter account? Yes. If we were allowed exactly. to title, if we were allowed to title these episodes like whatever we wanted, I would title this episode "Sir, this is an Arby's." <laughs> sir, this is an Arby's. <laughs> I can't do that, but I would love to. Anyway, hi Fitz. I you, think that people say the sir, this is an Arby's. You can search sir, this is an Arby's. There's like hundreds of them. 
All there are dozens of us. There are literally dozens of us. <laughs> dozens. Um, hi, Fitz. You had one other contrarian you wanted to mention, the Packers defense. Oh, we're talking contrarian. I think if the Packers win this game, it'll be part like they're just connecting on the deep throws to Adams more. And then also just so people forget that the Packers D-line is actually just like the light version of the Niners because they also have, they also added two players this year. It's like the Niners defense. They have a very good D-line. Yeah, so Darius yeah. Smith led the league in quarterback pressures by pro football focus. I mean, and yeah, he was amazing. I mean, I, again, the person who leads the pressures in pro football focus for context generally just wins defensive player of the year. Like, that's just Aaron Donald and J.J. Watt. Zadir Smith led all those players for edge rushers, like, led all of them pass pressures, didn't even make the Pro Bowl. So it's kind of a joke. But he's fantastic. And if they get to Garoppolo, like, I, I wouldn't be shocked if, I mean, Garoppolo's a gunslinger. Like, Garoppolo throws a lot of dumb passes mm -hmm. and he's like very confident takes a lot like what he would say probably are calculated risks a lot of 50-50 balls also just threw a ball into Eric Kendrick the Vikings linebacker Eric Kendrick's chest last week didn't catch it then he basically did the same thing later and Eric Kendrick's caught it for the pick like I wouldn't be shocked if the Packers got a defensive touchdown in this game and ended up being the most or highest scoring or do way better and they're the cheapest one here and I think that that's actually I'm intrigued by the contrariness there. So are you actually picking the Packers DFU with the choice of all four defenses? No. Who would you pick? If I could pick any of them? Mm -hmm. I think it's probably... And DK, way in here if you got somebody. I mean, I would go with the 49ers just because they're only $600 more expensive than the Packers, who are the cheapest. And the 49ers defense has been really good. So I would probably go with the 49ers, but I definitely like that argument, though. All right, so I clinched... Tough beat for DK. That's all right. So, Craig, can you reveal what we got at our team right now? Yes. Yeah, so, if we are penciling in the Packers defense, which is what you recommended, our team— Yeah, what could go wrong? Our team is Patrick Mahomes at quarterback. At running back, we have Raheem Mostert in an open slot, and we have money, so we'll get there later. Our receivers, Devontae Adams, A.J. Brown, Tajay Sharp. Our tight end, Travis Kelsey, our flex, Jonu Smith, and the Packers are our defense. So, we have $7,500 to spend on our running back. The running backs available for that price are Tevin Coleman, Matt Breida, Darwin Thompson. So I'm suggesting we need to like get mm -hmm. 100 more dollars to get to Damian Williams. So I'm suggesting yeah. we do that and we cut AJ Brown and we lower AJ Brown and get Debo. And we go Debo instead of AJ and we go Damian Williams at running back. How do you feel? What are your thoughts on Debo? I mean, I'm into that. I think that works for for this situation. You know, Debo has been such a Swiss Army knife guy for them. You could see him having a rushing touchdown. You could see him catching passes down the field. It's him or like Emmanuel Sanders or Sammy Watkins. Would you rather have Debo out of those three? I would, yeah, I think so. What if we get Derrick Henry and bargain and just like go absolute bot the true bottom of the barrel? If we do Derrick Henry, I'm gonna have to like mortgage my house. Okay. <laughs> this is how we Who's ended up end? not picking Derek. Henry. Our tight end is Travis Kelsey, John o. Smith. Okay, gotcha. So we're going all in on the Titans. We're going all in on the Chiefs. We're basically just betting for a shootout in that game, and then Devontae Adams is really good. Not a bad lineup. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Heifetz won the competition, so if it goes poorly, tweet him. Yeah, it'll work out. It's fine. <laughs> so wait, what's our lineup? Do, do one more rundown. Sure. Patrick Mahomes. Running backs, Raheem Mostert and Damian Williams. Wide receivers, Devontae Adams, Debo Samuel, and Tajay Sharp. Our tight end is Travis Kelsey. Our flex is Jonu Smith. And our defense is the Packers. Not bad. Boom. It's harder than you think to build these. Like, you want to get, like, Tyreek and Derrick Henry, and then you kind of can't have anybody else. Like, you really can't go too big all over the board. Yeah. So I we'll think see. this is an example of how democracy and compromise leads to nobody being happy. Exactly. <laughs> That's what we just did This here. lineup will finish in the middle of yeah. the pack on Sunday, and we'll be <laughs> like, 
Oops. Yeah. But then we'll learn and grow and make a million dollars during the Super Bowl. Yeah, no, I'm, that, that'll, there we go. Mm-hmm. All right. Thank you, Craig. Thank you, DK. Thank you to everybody for listening. Good luck this weekend. Before you leave, remember to check out Ladder. If you're married or have kids or a mortgage, you should really consider life insurance, even if you already have some through work. Ladder has a super easy online process, great prices, and flexible coverage you can adjust over time. $1 million policies start from as little as $27 per month. So visit ladderlife.com slash NFL. That is L-A-D-D-E-R life.com slash NFL.